Hello everybody and welcome back to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast, the original Alien and Predator podcast. As usual, host Aaron Percival and joining me as always is... Adam Zeller. You didn't do the AKA. I didn't, yeah, I forgot that. <laughs> AKA Corporal Hicks. And I'm AKA Ridgetop if you go to our forums. The, those are our old usernames that... And Twitter. Old. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm having flashbacks today. The frequency in which we all used to use handles and stuff like that. Not anymore. Yeah, I mean, you still got you still got gamer tags and stuff, and you know, they're still used. I, I've thought about just getting rid of changing the name on the boards, but everyone knows you as corporate. I know, I know. That's why I haven't in the end. But I've thought about it. I don't know. I don't know if the internet's moved past that age. Well, we're clinging. We're clinging to message boards. So why? Why not? Why not cling to aliases and handles? I know, right? The better days of the internet. That'll always be a thing in some form or another on the internet. So no, that's like you said, gamer tags. Ain't nobody want to use their real name for everything all the time. I don't know. Nobody's shy about slagging people off and sharing shit views on Facebook under their real names. Why? Well. <laughs> this has to be a record for the fastest tangent we've ever had on our podcast. True. True. But. You know, it, it can stay in. It can stay in. I'm sure there's many listeners out there who uh, yearn for those mid-2000 days of the internet like I, I miss, but whatever. Anyway, what's this episode, Adam? What have we tangented from already? For this episode, number 174, we have another interview for you, and this one is with editor and writer Brian Thomas Schmidt. And we last had Brian Thomas Schmidt on right after the release of his first Predator anthology, Before? If It Bleeds, right? Before? Yeah. Yeah, in 2017. Yeah, before. <laughs> oh, well, before it came out. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought you were like, yeah, we had him on before. I was like, that's what I was just saying. <laughs> oh, no. actually, Adam. <laughs> so, yes, we've been meaning to have Brian back on for a little while. Because, well, we've worked with him a lot. Yeah. Last, since well, it was last year, really, wasn't it? When did we do Ultimate Prey with him? That was 2020, I think. Or 2021. It was January, I remember that, but now I can't remember when we... They both came out in the same year, though, didn't they? Because Ultimate Prey was delayed. No, I don't know. My memory sucks. Ultimate Prey was the end of last year, I think. I think that was November time. No, you're thinking of Eyes of the Demon. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ultimate Prey was 2020... I'm going to look it up. Okay. Well, look, I mean, this is kind of something we talk about with Brian anyway, isn't it? With how it all sort of melds into the memory when you spend so much time and energy working on these things. I mean, we, I'm sure people know already, you know, we, we contributed towards those anthologies doing continuity bits and pieces and lore bits and pieces with Brian on both the AVP and the Predator anthology. And it, go on. AVP came out March 1st, 2022, and Predator Eyes of the Demon came out August 9th, 2022. They were the same year. Okay. But did we work on them the same year? I don't think so. I think Ultimate Prey was delayed. Surely we did, because Ultimate Prey, I remember we did a lot of work in January. I think it was the end of 2020 for Ultimate Prey. No, it must have been the start of 2021. I'm sure it was January, or January. But the the last three years are all a blur to me. Yes, (laughs) that was a wild time, wasn't it? 
but yeah, it was great to have Brian back on and, and he's always a, a fun guy to talk to. And this was a really fun couple of books to to be a part of. I, I know you've you know done consulting before, Aaron, but it was a first time thing for me. So to be able to finally have some kind of an official involvement and see a bit of behind the scenes as it was ongoing was was a really cool experience. And Brian was a great guy to do it with, I guess, because we've known Brian a long time. Obviously, we've known him since 2017. And I think we are very candid uh, <laughs> between the three of us, which you'll get to hear a little of in, in this interview as well. Some of the arguments that we had working on the books and bits like that. So it, it was interesting. It was fun. Yeah. But without further ado, shall we let Brian, you know, he's the guy actually fucking listening to this episode for. Shall we let Brian talk? Yep. So on to the interview. Well, Brian, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a few years, actually. Yeah, it was like 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, it, w- it was before If It Bleeds Hit the Shelves. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was 2017 in September, so it probably was early that year. Well, I think it was October time, actually. I, I, I remember recording it, actually. It wasn't in my normal haunt, so I still remember being uncomfortably sat on a bed somewhere trying to record it on a laptop, and my audio was nowhere near as good. But we are back But since the last time we spoke, you know, the Predator franchise has seen the release of two new films, The Predator and Prey. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on uh, those new releases? Prey was amazing. And Prey is a worthy successor to both Predator 1 and Predator 2, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's the best film we've certainly had since 1990, easily. Now, The Predator, there are things about it I like. There are things about it I don't like. I did not like the ending that was pushed on there. And I just felt the way it was edited. There were so many things that rushed, like Traeger. I think his name was Traeger. The one that, what's his name? Washington from... Uh... Sterling K. Brown. That was his name. Yeah, Sterling, Sterling K. K. Brown. Sorry, Sterling K. Brown. Sorry. I don't know. I had Isaac. I had Isaiah Washington in my head. And I knew that that wasn't it. Okay, yeah. Sterling K. Brown, he had a really important role. But like when he died, it was so dark in the forest that it went by so quick. I had mm-hmm. to rewatch the thing and freeze the screen to even see it. And to me, that was a big moment. That was a huge moment. There were a lot of moments like that. I actually went to the premiere and I talked to the editor about it and he, Shane really wanted things a certain way. We asked him about that because we kind of thought I couldn't even see it. I was like, when did he die? I, I read it in the book and I was looking forward to that scene and then I didn't see it because I read the tie-in novel before the, the movie. You know, there are things I liked about it, but I just think they tried too hard to make it something that it isn't and that it really probably doesn't need to be. And as a result, between that and all the studio fiddling, I think they kind of made a mess of it. I mean, I think it could have been a lot better. I really, if Shane Black had done a a Predator film instead of a Shane Black film, and he had really done what he does well, it could have been great. Because Shane Black really knows how to write action and and witty dialogue and all that stuff. But for various reasons, I don't think that's what happened. And certainly the controversy with one of the actresses didn't help and all of that. So uh, it was disappointing. That news dropped on uh, the day of the Toronto premiere, which is when when I went. I'm guessing you went to the L.A. premiere. Yeah, right? I was in L.A. The, the studio had me to the premiere, so I went out to L.A. That's the one I should have gone to because then I could have met you there. And and yeah, that, that news dropping the day of the Toronto premiere kind of put a, a damper on things when I was over there, unfortunately. Yeah, it was cool because Bill Duke was there and all, all the actors, a lot of the actors were there. It was, it was pretty cool. We got to do the red carpet thing and, and the whole deal. People taking photos of us going, who the hell are these people? Should we even take their photo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a couple of those looks in Toronto. Like, who are you with? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, I'm just with the fans. Like. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think Aaron and I, we pretty much agree with that. Like we weren't expecting Prey to come out so soon after the Predator, given the reception to that. And it's great that it did. And it's so fucking awesome. It saved the franchise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I was wanting to do Eyes of a Demon right away. I had everybody lined up for that right after I did If It Bleeds in 2017. And If It Bleeds was without a doubt a hit. And so I was like, well, let's do another one. Titan was like, no, the franchise is dead. The movie bombed. They really thought there was no life left in it. And I was like, you guys, you don't have to sell the number of tickets they, to make a movie a success to sell a book and make it a success. There's all kinds of fans out there that are craving these books. We could do a ton of them. But literally, I didn't think I was ever going to get to do it. And then they contacted Jonathan and I to do AVP. And then they contacted me to do Eyes of the Demon, and I did them back to back. But we had like half the usual time to do them. So it was a little intense. But anyway, I was really pleased they came out, especially Eyes of the Demon came out better than I thought it would. And it was fun to get to do it again. I'd love to do more. But I think everything's up in the air with who's got rights at this point and what they're doing and whether Disney wants to sign with Titan. So I think it's kind of nebulous. And I especially agree with you about Prey saving the franchise i yeah. genuinely thought the predator was going to be the death of it and i think it's quite fortuitous that prey was being made or developed yes i'm still waiting for mine my copy of prey to show up we don't get it in the uk until november time oh really well you know i i you know what i completely forgot to order it i thought i had and i had and then everybody was getting it and i was like where the hell's my copy and i looked i'm like i didn't even order it what the hell's wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've got it now, and uh, we're supporting, and we're we're proving to Steve Aspel, Disney's um, was he a theatrical exec? Was it him who was pushing yeah. it, Adam? That we want them, and we'll buy them physically. I actually had it on DVD before, but I think it was a bootleg. I didn't know if it was a bootleg, so I ordered it off eBay, and uh, I thought it was maybe it maybe it got released in another country somewhere and got it. But I think it was a Chinese bootleg. But it was still it was still fun to watch, and it was still a really good uh, digital copy. That's why I said I'm on by the official man. I do not want to be yeah that fun. guy. So when we had you on the podcast last, it, like I said, it was before the release of If It Bleeds. So yeah. when we were chatting then, we hadn't seen how the fandom reacted to the book. How did you feel about the response to that first anthology and, and the later ones? Dude, you guys got on your site. We got voted as the best Predator book ever. Are you kidding? How can I not be thrilled by that? I think the fan reaction's good. I think the thing that frustrates me is that some of the fans just don't seem to be happy no matter what you do. And that's that's difficult because, I mean... You know, I spent a lot of time on your forums and I really spoke with fans and did stuff. And I listened to what they wanted and what they said. And in Eyes of Demon, I tried to correct what we had not given them the first time to give them. We gave them more female predators. We got a story back on the home world. We did a lot of different things that we hadn't been able to do because I knew that's what the fans wanted. So I went to Disney and said, these are the things that the fans are clamoring for. Can we do this? And they said, yeah. So the only thing we couldn't do was do anything that might affect the movie. So we couldn't do all the time travel ones that we'd done the first time. So that's why we kind of ended up with two different styles of storytelling in the books. So, yeah, I was very pleased with the reception. And, you know, I'm really glad that I got it's an honor for me to be a part of it. It made me a much bigger fan than I was before being, you know, on the inside of it. And Disney was pleased, you know, with most of the stories as well. Several of them they made canon, not all of them, but my two happened to be two that did. So I'm pleased with that. That's an honor. If it bleeds, uh, you know, still a book that I, I look at, look back on and, and say, uh, I'm real thankful. I wish I had a copy of the Russian hardcover edition. Titan said that they said they were going to send me one, the Russian guys, but they never did. So unfortunately, I don't have that, but I wish I did. It's out there if anybody lives in Russia. Was it normal cover or did they do something special for that one? No, they did the same cover, but they did it in a hardcover. Uh, okay. Fair it's enough. the only hardcover edition. So, you know, I'd like it for my shelf just because of that. I hate hardcovers. 
Oh, I love hard covers. They're my favorite. <laughs> I have to take the dust jacket off, and I'm just like, ugh, what's the point? Oh, I was disappointed that uh, If It Bleeds didn't come out of hardcover when uh, Bug Hunt did. But, you know, it is what it is. I didn't realize Bug Hunt got one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bug Hunt was out in hardcover, and I was, like, disappointed that we didn't get it, too. But they, they thought alien books sell better. That's why they do hardcovers for those. They don't do them for Predator. Yeah, yeah they have been doing a lot for, for alien. You know, Vasquez, Bishop is as well. The Phalanx. Oh, um, Intercaribdis, you yeah. know, Alex White's second book. So, yeah, they, they've gone to town on, on hardbacks for Alien. Yeah. Do you remember some of the other ones that, uh, the other shorts that Disney slash studios decided were canon? Off the top of my head, no, I don't. When I did Eyes of the Demons, what I found out, because they gave me access to the, to the Bible, which was their inner documents. I just actually just just saw it on my iPad the other day, the, the thing that you used to get in. And I said, oh, let me see if I can still log in. I can't log in anymore. So hopefully they don't get mad at me for trying. <laughs> but I wanted to see if it even worked. But yeah, they have a PDF. This PDF was so big, it was hard to get it to even load. Mm. It would only load portions at a time. It was like 900 pages. And they literally had analysis of all the stories that had ever been done, all the novels, whether they were canon or not, which continuing characters were in them and everything. And little summaries. It was wild. And then they had all this background data, of course. And that's where I read all that. If I remember, I think like all but two or three were canon. There was a couple that kind of crossed. I think Tim Levin's, because it was AVP, wasn't? Yeah, that's fair. Tim Levins, the one that he did for If It Bleeds, was a crossover to his book series that he had done. So technically it was AVP, even though there wasn't any A in uh-huh. it. <laughs> so I think that was one. I can't remember the other ones. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's flattering. I've had that happen with X-Files, too, with my story that I wrote for them. And it's flattering when you feel like you're, you've done something. I, what, the thing I was probably most excited about with Eyes of the Demon was not only getting to do another Dutch story that connected everything together, but then with First Hunt, I got to do some original Yaucha language, and that was pretty cool. I didn't think to ask anything about that, actually. The contribution towards the language. We have a question about that story, so we can work that in there. But uh, after If It Bleeds, you return to the franchise alongside Aliens Bug Hunt editor Jonathan Mayberry on Aliens vs. Predators Ultimate Prey, an AVP anthology. Could you tell us how that project came around? Was that something Titan had approached you about, or did you pitch the idea to them? Yeah, no, Titan, Steve Saffle came to both Mayberry and I and asked us to work together on it because, you know, he considered me the kind of the, the predator guy and Jonathan the alien guy. So he asked us to work together on it. And we, Jonathan and I are good friends and we collaborate a lot. So we had no problem working on it. But the schedule was so crunched together. It's, it was insane. Basically, had five months to do what would normally be a nine to 12 month process and everything was crunched. So we had to get our authors, get their pitches, get everything going and then get every, you know, it just was hard. Eyes of the Demon, luckily, they greenlit about the same time. So I had a little bit more time to do Eyes of the Demon because I was working on it simultaneously. But yeah, it was a really crunch time thing. So they asked us to do it. We said yes. And then they wanted to do more diversity, diverse voices with the characters in the stories, but also diverse voices with writers as well. Diversity was, is, it was kind of the byword at the time. It's a big deal, but there's a lot more diversity in publishing now because of that period of time where people started to really recognize the need for it. So we were in the beginning of that. And that, that's why that book kind of was a little different, but it was interesting. I, you know, I think there's some mistakes we made with that one. I know that based on fan reaction, we should have had the aliens win at least one or two. We overlooked that. And that I regret that. Um, you just can't think of everything, especially when you're rushing a book like that. I wish I had thought of that. It just didn't occur to me. So I'm sorry we didn't deliver that. I suppose there's probably certain things you don't notice until you sit there and read it all packaged together straight after each other. 
You know, like yeah, I, there definitely I, are. Like I had yeah. commented on oh, what did I comment on? And you were like, Oh shit, yeah, you're right. I think that's what you had commented on was the the fact that no aliens You're the one who gave me that criticism. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. It was you, you cranky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Always. No, I mean it's fine because it's just something that we should have thought of that we didn't that there's a lot of things we suggested to the authors in that one. Again, I, I said, let's do some female predators. We can do some different stuff. And then we had to dig up images because nobody knew what a female predator might look like. Some people want to make it more humanoid and others don't. And there was all that, you know, so we just basically went with some models from, I think there was that new game that was out, was it hunting grounds or whatever at the time. So we kind of went with whatever they used for that because we figured that was the closest to Canon we could get. And then beyond that, you know, there were some, there were two stories about film crews. I wish we, I wish we'd had time to get, so every story was different. There was two or three stories in there that kind of, there are four stories that together, if we put them together, they were too similar that I, I thought was not ideal, but you know, you run out of time. So when you're doing something that fast, so you can't really bring somebody in. So hopefully people mostly enjoyed it. Some of the stories that people enjoyed the most were shocked me. Because they weren't the stories I felt were the best. So what do I know? Yeah, I really love the old West one. That was a, a very horror vibes with Delilah. That yeah, Delilah Stawson. What was that one called again? Oh no, Delilah's Delilah's Beyond a Shadow of a Doubt was one of the better stories yeah. in that book. It was a great one. I also thought that Jess Landrew, her story was exceptional in my opinion too. And I'm I'm really glad that Mayberry got a good response for his. I was worried he wouldn't. Well, that wait, that was in I think those stories might have been in eyes of the demon i don't know i get them all confused because everybody those are eyes of the demon stories i think i get everybody confused because we did them back to back yeah that's fair and he he wrote two as well didn't he one for each uh, yeah that was mayberry no that was mayberry did the one with, with the japanese that was the continuation of predators that's yeah, what it was for that's TVP. right and that, yeah 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 and i got really to cool. do i i did a story all because fans asked for it I did a story almost all from the Predator point of view because fans were saying, oh, we want to see that. So I did that with a little bit of an interlude with some some humans from Brazilian colonists. So hopefully people enjoyed that. I'll be honest with you, that story didn't get as good a response as I hoped for, but it is what it is. It's a real challenge to write a story in a foreign language and make it work. But at least people see what it would be like. Jess Landry was AVP. Carbon Rights was her story. Yes. Okay. She was. I thought she was in the same book with Delilah. Yeah, that is the same book. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Jess was really good. Mayberry's story, Coyote, was excellent. And Sigler and Levin knocked it out of the park. There was some really good stuff in there. So yeah, it was good. But like I said, it was it was a tough because of the time frame to do it. So and we had a couple of people that really needed more time to their stories would have been better. They weren't grasping some of the the uh, world building rules and that played havoc with it, I think. And so that was something that I wish we'd had more time to work with them on that because I think it would have made the result a little better. But it is what it is. From the initial announcements, it sounded like Ultimate Prey would be focused a bit more on the AVP movie side of things rather than the wider AVP lore. I mean, the movies are generally less well-received than the comics, so did this present you with any difficulties while putting the anthology together, or was that just kind of like utilizing that to kind of define canon, I guess? I sent people everything I had, including some graphic novels that I have PDFs of, and I offered access to the movies, although I don't think anybody took advantage of it because I actually own digital copies I can share for that. But no, we kind of left it up to them. We wanted to kind of go, I think we wanted to go beyond that because the movies hadn't been near as popular as some of the stuff. We wanted to see where we could take it that might be a little bit more well-received. So we went with that. And that was just kind of the goal. I mean, I tried to steer us away from politics as much as possible because with the whole diversity thing, it was real easy for people to want to go that direction. 
I was like, this is not what we want to argue, where we want to argue social justice necessarily in a real heavy handed way. But there were a couple of stories that leaned that way because that's where the authors wanted to go. And ultimately, you respect the author. You know, they have something they want to say through the story and you got to respect that. It was just an interesting process. It's not that I don't think social justice is important. I want to make that clear. It's just that I, I think based on fan base reaction that I've seen in the forums, they don't want message stories as much as they want just the action and fun stories. So you have to find the right balance, I think. I think it's difficult melding Alien and Predator in that way, because while I think the first Predator in particular has is a lot more sophisticated than people give it credit for, you know, Alien is the one with more subtext and theme going off in it, the corporate exploitation and stuff like that. So there's, yeah. there's kind of a, a conflict in, in the two franchises uh, when you try and meld them as Alien versus Predator. So yeah, I can see how that would be uh, difficult to balance. Yeah, it, it's a challenge. And also there's the whole issue of they're two very different creatures. The Predators are much more like humans. They're much more strategic. Whereas the Xenomorphs are really working on on instinct. I mean, this is just what they do. I mean, it's calculated in a way, but it's calculated in repeat patterns. Whereas the predators, any, they could go any direction. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's a much more thing. Whereas with the xenomorphs, time and again, you see similar attacks and similar approaches and similar things that they do because they're insects, basically. They're giant bugs. So they don't have a whole sophisticated thought process necessarily. Most of them, they're just drones that attack and kill. And that's what they do. Attack, kill, plant your seed. That's what they do. So it's, it's hard to make more of it than there is too, like with the point of view scene. So you have to be careful with that too, I think. That being said, I think there have been a few moments where it's like, are the aliens smarter than we give them credit for? And I know in the oh, first Bug Hunt anthology, one of the stories was was from from a, yeah, yeah, Scott Siegler's, right? Uh-huh. Was written yeah. from an alien point of view. And I found that fascinating. Personally, I'd like to see more of that. Oh, well, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying that I think the thought process is different. I think there's a simpler thought process with aliens. It doesn't mean that I'm not saying they're smart. Mm. It's just that I think predators are more like humans in the sense that they individualistic as well they're more individualistic and they strategize and they learn from certain situations and they change their patterns to suit the situation whereas the xenomorphs pretty much have this is what they do and they can adapt to the environment but they don't generally change what they do to the same degree that's what i mean it's kind of more of an instinctual this is how we you know kind of thing whereas the predators you'll see predators hunting with old weapons you'll see them with sophisticated weapons you'll see them with, you know they can change the style of hunt the hunt together the hunt alone you see what i'm saying i mean that's what i'm talking about well, i don't want anybody to be insulted by, by my opinion oh, no, i was I that's wasn't trying to put you in that corner <laughs> no 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 i just i'm saying that because some fans might put me in that corner i just want to be clear that that was what i was meaning by the, the sophistication of thought speaking of fans you know we we understand you uh collaborated with two very talented members of the fandom on both Ultimate Prey and Eyes of the Demon. What was it like having access to such knowledgeable and, quite frankly, handsome individuals? Well, you know, Adam was great, and he was really, really helpful. Unfortunately, I had no choice but to take Aaron, too, because he owns weapons. (laughs) So Aaron called me up with one of his weapons and said, look, dude, uh, do I have to come over there? Are you going to use me on this book? No, I'm kidding. But no, these guys are good friends of mine, for those that don't know. Um, We've become friends by working together on these. They helped me so much with the first book. And we've stayed in touch and we talk like probably at least a couple times a week, usually on Facebook Messenger here and there and talk about different things. So I really want to get it right for the fans, as I've told them. And there were things we didn't get right on If It Bleeds that bothered me, that kept getting criticized because I really thought we had worked really hard to nail it. I mean, for If It Bleeds, I read every single comic that had ever been done. I think maybe the only thing I missed was Predator versus Archie or something like that. I mean, I read everything there was. 
we watched all the movies. I reread all the screenplays, including multiple versions. I read all the novelizations and bought them, including the original movie one, which cost me like 70 bucks just for a little paperback. So I was very committed to getting this right. So when people were telling me we got little details wrong, it really made me mad at myself, really frustrated. So in addition to going out there on the database of AVP Galaxy and just in the forums, interacting with fans and seeing what you guys wanted, I spent a lot of time trying to make sure we got it right. So I called in whoever I could that was experts. And these guys are two of the guys that I called in to consult on things to make sure we got it right. And I think if the book is better in some ways, as far as that accuracy and what you got, in both Ultimate Prey and uh, Eyes of the Demon, you can thank them because they really kept us on track with a lot of those details, especially when you're rushing through a book that fast. Their whole job was to go through and say, yeah, no, this is wrong. So yeah, it was it was a very helpful. So I appreciate it. You know, I, it was hard. The hardest part of working with them, of course, is, is just we had to keep it professional. They're so attractive. <laughs> that, uh, you know, I even wanted to switch sides. But uh, anyway, we avoided that entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> and on that you brought, note, it up. you brought it up in the question so i had to play with it i had to but for, for real thank you again for having us as as part of that process it was a really oh, cool experience to, to see how those things come about and to be involved officially i guess in some capacity it was uh it was a real treat so thanks you guys i dedicated at least one of the books to you and you guys were characters in my aftermath story so that was kind of fun to do that for you and honestly, you know, you guys have been great friends and supporters to me, and I really appreciate it. You've always had my back, and I re- I mean, just really, it's been great. And so working with you guys is a pleasure, and your your love of it is obvious, even though you don't always agree on everything either. It's always fun. You know, when you get, some of you guys don't know, when you get perspectives from these guys, it's like, well, this is Aaron's opinion. This is Adam's opinion. Adam doesn't agree on this, and, and we'll get a different opinion. So it's always interesting. So there was a lot of back and forth with that, but it was a good thing because mm. it made us ask questions we wouldn't have asked. It didn't happen very often, but there were a few moments where, where Aaron and I were like, no, this is how it is in terms yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you got to see us arguing, didn't you? I particularly remember with AVP because you like the second movie and Aaron doesn't like it at all, I think, yeah. is what I remember. Yeah. So that yeah. kind of affected how I was feeling about some of my criticism wasn't yeah. it yeah but it was it was about i mean we had to learn to be a little objective yeah they only came to fisticuffs once so it was it was <laughs> you know it was good and then luckily they're like you know three thousand miles away so it really involved more of, of of throwing objects around the room and yelling at each other but it worked out <laughs> yeah no it was funny i mean you you got to see us arguing no, but I argued too, and I then I had the hard part is I had to balance that with what I was getting from my writers and what I was getting from Mayberry and what I was getting from the studio and from Titan. So I had all these voices in my ear that I had to please. So, you know, the funny thing is, when I was working, they may not like me saying this, but I'm going to say it. When I was working with the studio, they said they often go to your site to double check facts and stuff. <laughs> and so there was stuff that I definitely argued with them about and said, hey, you know, these guys say this. This is what's... This is, it's on their site. And so you guys really did help. Even steering with the with 20th Century appreciates what you do. Oh, that's I'm good to know. Yeah. So when you were on the podcast previously, you told us you really wanted 20th Century Studios to allow you to explore Dutch, but you couldn't. The restriction on his character was finally lifted when Dutch returned for Predator Hunting Grounds. And you wrote a short exploring the aftermath of the first film. So tell us a bit about developing that short. Well, what happened was that because they thought he might be in the Predator, they were still hoping for a cameo. They didn't want anybody to deal with it. The Predator was still shooting when we did If It Bleeds. So 
you know, the studio really didn't want to do anything that might piss off Shane Black and at the same time would cross any swords in that regard. So that was why I wasn't allowed to do the Dutch Schaefer story the first time. So that's why I did Harrigan. And I like Harrigan. You guys know that Predator 2, I, I like equally well or even slightly better than the first film because I really like the city environment. I really enjoyed that. And I've worked with Danny Glover actually professionally in, in a TV series I did for A&E back in the day. And I love Lethal Weapon. So I'm a big Danny Glover fan. So it was fun for me to be able to, to use Harrigan in that regard. And that's why I chose that. But this time around, some of you may remember that there was actually a Predator app that they put out with the Predator that died because the Predator wasn't successful. But it was a fun place. And I actually became really good friends with the people at Fox when I was doing that and the people who ran that app. And in fact, they had me over to the studio. They're the ones who invited me to the premiere and all of that. They were even talking about interviewing me for the app on their podcast. And that never happened because that whole thing died. But they also were talking about doing some original fiction. And Aftermath was an idea I came up with for that. We had to clear it with Titan, but I, I fell in love with the story idea so much that I ended up writing the story in like a weekend, first draft, even though nobody had paid me yet and nobody had told me I could write it. So what happened was when it came time to do Eyes of Demon, I was like, I've got the story I've written. I'm really excited about it. I think the fans will like it. It's a Dutch story, but the time frame you gave us, this would be going back in time to 1987. And we weren't supposed to do anything before the year 2000 or something in the eyes of the demon, I think. I don't remember the exact marker, but that was somewhere in that range. And I said, can you make an exception for me? I will tie in the first two movies and I will tie in Predator Hunting Grounds and use it to help expand your canon. They graciously agreed to let me do it. So what I did is I rewrote the story, tightened some things up, fixed some things. I like inside references, so I put a few uh, sneak lines in there, like I'll be back and some other things in there, and they had me take some of that out, which, ah, I like that stuff. That was something we argued about. I remember Yeah, yeah we are. you and I argued, but then Disney made me take it out. Yeah. I got on them, too. I said, I said, you know, why can't I do it? I said, you guys do it in your movies all the time. How come I can't do it? And they just started laughing. And they said, because we don't, we don't want it to pay another studio for using their trademark. And I said, <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't know why it's different in books. But anyway, whatever happened, I reworked it. And Hunting Ground... I wasn't familiar with Hunting Ground because I don't have the platform it's on. I hadn't played it. And Hunting Ground really hadn't been released at the time that I, it was just still so new. So I hadn't heard any of the Dutch tapes or any of that stuff. So I went back and listened to all the Dutch tapes and actually got, there was a script of them. That was one of the things they had in that access for Fox. The Bible was scripts for all of that stuff. So I was able to just go back and rewrite some dialogue so that basically it came right out of Hunting Ground and connected right up with it and do a little bit of rewriting in that regard too and the rest of it was pretty much what i had written with a few tweaks i tuckerized these two guys in there these two guys were characters in that story aaron was the, i believe the helicopter pilot and i think weren't you on the ground yeah i was i was with the the squad yeah he was down on the ground like one of the lead shooters for they worked for uh, owlf actually they were the owlf guys and then there were a couple other fans from the app that i put in there the nurse, Jess, was this gal who's a really great fan of the series. That City Hunter lover on Twitter. Yes, she's City Hunter Love. That's her okay. That's her handle, yes. L-U-V, City Hunter Love, L-U-V. And then there was another guy, and I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he was one of the guys that was working with, with Adam's guys on the ground. And then when I went back later, I actually tuckerized Peter Briggs, 
and another friend of mine in and changed the name of the ranger characters in the ranger scene that I had where um, the park rangers get involved trying with OWF hunting down Dutch. So I ended up tuckerizing five, six, seven, eight people in there and just for kicks. And the, the cool part is Peter Briggs in his story for Eyes of the Demon took the same character that I had tuckerized, the, the one of the rangers, and made it a character in his story. So we saw it like 30 years later where the guy was like hunting this terrorist in, in his story. So the two stories kind of overlap. So that was kind of a fun little thing. And this is for a guy named Johnny Juan Ortiz. Yeah, John, Johnny Ortiz that we tuckerized. He's a big fan. He's been a huge support to me and Peter Briggs. So we tuckerized him just for kicks and younger him. And then he died in Peter's story in later. later. So you, you mentioned in Peter Briggs there, you snagged some fantastic revisiting authors throughout all the anthologies. But, you know, Peter Briggs and Predators actor Louise uh, Chan Chien were some interesting legacy choices. And I've got to ask, you know, tell us about working with those guys and getting them, getting them involved, because, you know, Peter's a screenwriter, Louis is an actor. So what what, what Well, I'll tell you something that I can tell you now that I probably couldn't have told you before, and I think you guys know this. We almost got Arnold Schwarzenegger for Eyes of the Demon. For the foreword, was it? No, he was going to write a story and and the foreword and maybe an interview. And that got screwed up because the publisher really wanted him to do a full novel. They're like, if we're getting Arnold, we're going to do a whole novel. And I was like, no, he just wants to do a short. Can't let me have it. But anyway, for various reasons, he decided not to do it. And um, I think part of it was because they were pushing him for a novel he didn't want to do. I don't know. That's the impression I got. But, you know, it is what it is. When you have a big name like that, you really want to market it and take advantage of it. So I understand why it happened. But at the same time, we were talking to him. Arnold was interested in doing something, but he wanted a co-writer. And so we were trying to work all that. And I was going to maybe ghostwrite for him or write with him and do it. And that was really interesting. I tried to get a bunch of people for a forward for this. We almost had Shane Black actually, for AVP, but after the Predator failed, he backed out. His agent told him he shouldn't be associated with him. There was too much controversy after all of that. So he he wasn't able to do it. And I know he, he was real apologetic and disappointed, but it was a PR thing. And that happens, unfortunately. But anyway, Titan always pushed us to get people. Titan wanted me to get James Cameron to write a Predator story. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get James. <laughs> you know, The money that we pay is so small that most people aren't willing to work for it. But Peter really wanted to do something because Peter Briggs had never had a chance to do a Predator story that got put out there. He had always wanted to. So Peter wanted to try his hand at prose. So I got Peter involved, who I met from you guys. You guys introduced me to him. So he got involved, and he and I have since become really good friends. We Skype from time to time, and or FaceTime from time to time, and, and we'll hang out. And we have, we have several projects we talked about doing. So Peter Briggs is great, and it was a fun experience, but it was frustrating for him because he's not used to the rules of writing prose. And so I think some of that, and plus he he overwrote the heck out of the thing. It was he was supposed to give me five thousand words, and he gave me sixteen thousand or twenty thousand or something. And I really had to unfortunately edit it down. There just wasn't room for it. And so any of the faults in his story that you see where it feels like things weren't complete is because I was just doing my best to edit it down. He wanted me to do most of that, so I did it. And it's probably a disservice to him in the story, but unfortunately, you have limitations on how much room you have in a book and how many pages you can have. And and I, I we didn't have the money either pay him for all that so it is what it is yeah there were a couple stories like that one and kodai where i was like this should just be a full novel like this feels like it should be a full novel and the thing with lewis what's his name lewis cheng cheng ozawa or something like Uh, louis louis uh, ozawa chan cheng okay yeah lewis somehow knew mayberry they had met somewhere 
and Mayberry had invited him to do something, and he wanted to do it with Mayberry, and they wanted to, to do something that it was a sequel story about his character from Predators. So they decided to do the story of the brother. So that was how that came about. Mayberry knows a lot. Mayberry's doing a lot of stuff in Hollywood. So he he meets a lot of people. And I'm actually meeting a lot more people these days than I used to. Because for Joe Ledger, the next Joe Ledger, which comes out in November, we actually have a story by Wayne Brady of all people. So mm-hmm. I've been working with Wayne. Yeah, I've been emailing back and forth and working with him on that. Working with him while he's trying to do Dancing with the Stars was insane. But anyway, so yeah, we've got a the first piece of fiction ever published by Wayne Brady. And there's actually, he wrote it with Maurice Brodus, who's a very talented writer, and they actually have a novel coming out. So that's going to be coming in the near future too, that people can look forward to. Funny thing is when you work with them, you kind of have an expectation. We thought Wayne Brady would turn in a really hilarious story and it was much more serious than that. So we had to actually, we actually asked them to add some humor. But anyway, that's not a Predator story. But the point is, sometimes you can get people. I really, at the Predator premiere, I talked to several people from the cast to try to get somebody to work with me. I thought a couple of them would. And after the movie bomb, nobody, people kind of lost interest. I thought we could get, what's his name? Key? Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key seemed really Keegan-Michael, because he's a big Predator fan. Yeah. We didn't end up getting a response out of him. There were a couple other people that I talked to, too. And, but that movie, I think just the reception of that movie really disappointed everybody. And I think a lot of people just weren't feeling it at that point, unfortunately. So it, it is what it is. But yeah. Was... I mean, this is this is one everybody always loves to ask and wants us to ask. Was there anything that you or any of the other authors had really wanted to explore in the anthologies but just been told no? Well, there was at least one pitch that they said was too much like Avatar, and it was. So we run into things like that. Yeah, I mean, there were people that wanted to do really cool stories in the past with the time travel like we did in If It Bleeds. We weren't allowed to do that because of the new movie. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't do anything that might touch on prehistoric time. Like I said, before the year 2000, really, they really, really restricted it. So we really had to be careful what we did. We were able to circumvent that a little bit with the AVP. So we did have that story about the African warriors, and we had a few things that were historical. But those are considered different canon. So when it came to Predator, they didn't want us to do anything that might encroach on, which is funny because none of that stuff that was pitched would have been encroached. But there were things like that that we wanted to do. As far as things we couldn't do, I can't think of anything really off the top of my head, but I know there were a couple pitches that they said no to that people just, we had some nice people lined up that would have. That's why we didn't end up, I don't remember, I don't even know if I want to name names, but I, they're one, of the, one of the authors who would have been a repeat author that would have been a Predator guy that wrote a novel that we were getting back for this. He dropped out because they didn't like his pitch. So there were a couple things like that where we lost people because they were just like, ah, it's not worth it. I think Alethea Contis didn't want to do it because they, they didn't like her pitch. And, and she was another one we were going to have that kind of dropped out. So that was disappointing. But in the time frame that we had to work, people were just like, I've already got the story worked out in my head. If they don't want it. I, I don't want to do it. So uh, it was tough. But, you know, other than that, they were pretty flexible about letting us do some stuff. I think the hardest part was figuring out what we could push with some of the world building and take it to new places. Like Robert Greenberger really wanted to do that pregnancy thing, but that was a tough, we had to figure out how to make that work in the context of, you know, they were happy with things like that. And the Mayberry story pushed boundaries. I mean, it was a Mayberry wrote a great story. It reminded me so much of the alien movies, the early alien movies. But the problem was the predator wasn't on screen. And I was like, this is a predator book. So I remember you and I, you guys and I debated it. And then, Titan debated it and Fox debated it, but ultimately it ended up working out and everybody liked the story. So that's good. But we were really worried the fans wouldn't like it because Predator wasn't on screen, but the fans loved it. So that was good. Lee, who was on our review episode of Ultimate Pride, he, he's one of the editors of Xenopedia. And he was just messaged me the other week 
because he's rereading this. Uh, he's rereading Eyes of the Demon, and he re he, he messaged me about Mayberry's story, and he was like, "This is brilliant. I love it." And he was he was quoting some of Mayberry's dialogue to me, and he was absolutely loving that story. Yeah, Mayberry did a great job. It was tough because Mayberry knew he did a good job. So when we were asking him for edits, we got a little bit of a pushback from him. And he's a tough professional. I'm not saying anything bad about Jonathan. I'm just saying that it was tough. But I was caught between a, trying to please a bunch of people, and so ultimately compromised. And I, I that's what we ended up with. And I, I think the story he was his instincts were right. And I think he he made the story work. I think the only thing Fox asked for was a few more like footprints or things to hint that the Predators were there sooner or that kind of thing. Titan Books has now held the licenses for Alien, Predator, and AVP longer than any other publisher before, such as Bantam or DH Press. We haven't seen too much from them this year, unfortunately, but if they bring us more stories in the future, what would you like to see them explore with these franchises? And without giving anything away, of course, is there any contribution you might have in mind? I can't say a whole lot about things because I'm not involved in the conversations. The last I heard, Disney was considering starting a publishing arm. And they were moving them out of Florida, which that got kiboshed by the whole situation in Florida, the fighting with the governor, DeSantos and all that. Next thing I know, I've heard that they're moving that that division up to Portland. I haven't heard any more. But at the time, the conversation was that Disney was thinking about pulling back a lot of the rights in-house. And so when the Predator rights expired... That was the reason we had to get the books out so fast, because Titan wanted to come out before their license expired and have long enough on the shelf, because there was something in the contract that said that everything had to be destroyed after a certain date. And I think what happened is Disney was in the middle of that lawsuit with the two Thomas brothers. And then there was the Dean Foster thing that was going on where there was some issue with royalties. So Disney felt under siege about it. Regardless of whatever happened with any of those cases, all of that was sensitive. So we were afraid that the book, we weren't even originally supposed to get an audiobook. We were told there wasn't going to be time for an audiobook to have shelf life. But I think that what happened is because the movie was successful and the books were successful, because I mean, Eyes of the Demon was like nine weeks or something on number one on Amazon. I mean, it just stayed up there forever. I think what happened is they kind of extended the life of them because originally we were going to have to, Titan was going to have to like destroy everything and take it off. And that hasn't happened. We like literally the deadline was, I think, the end of 2022 or something that they were going to have to do that. I don't remember. Or maybe 2023. But I don't know if that's still happening or not. I need to check. But anyway, whatever the case, there wasn't going to be a long shelf life for them. But, you know, like I said, they ended up doing audiobooks and they ended up doing a lot of this stuff. So I really I still have novel pitches in that I wanted to do. I'm in the midst of alien novel pitches right now because they're doing another alien novel and they've asked me to do pitches. So I'm, I pitched several ideas there and I'm still hoping that that comes through. But I really want to do a Predator novel and I have several pitches for Predator that I put in and I wrote the first draft of a treatment for a, uh, a Harrigan novel that was a sequel that would have launched a new team of, of super Predator hunters and would have done this whole deal and tied into Dutch and everybody that, that I really wanted to do. Someday, I don't know if I'll get to do it. I would love to keep doing Predator, but right now, nobody knows what's going on with the rights is my, my long story short. The alien rights have not expired yet with Titan. Those licenses were done separately, so there was a different time frame. But the AVP and the Predator ran out, so that's why we had to rush those books out. So the reason they're still doing Alien is they still have a contract. 
Whether or not that gets continued or not is still up in the air, depending on what Disney decides to do. With the Disney changed management since all that, and they've been making some changes, so maybe things will go back and tighten. We'll renew the contract. I haven't heard anything lately, so I don't know. But that was kind of the status. Titan loves doing these books. They would like to do more. Titan, in my opinion, has done a really great job with them and really keeping them out there and and bringing back all the old ones so that they're still in print and all of that stuff. So I'd certainly, I've had a good working relationship with Titan, but it is what it is. And what could happen is when Disney hires people, they could do what they did with Star Wars and say, we want all new people. And then people like me will be out. I don't know. So it really depends. And nobody knows. That's just the nature of the beast. I know a lot of licensing is, is kind of up in the air beyond just the books in that regard. But yeah, it would be really cool to yeah. see a full novel from you, you know, since I know anthologies are kind of your specialty, but to see like an alien or predator novel from you would be cool. I guess they become by default my specialty and what I'm known for, but I've got seven novels out there and I'm, I believe I'm a good novelist and I would like to do more. I just became a really successful anthologist, so I'm known for anthologies. And I love doing them, don't get me wrong, because I like collaborating with other authors and getting to work with them. And I love being able to be part of uh, franchises that I'm a huge fan of, like The X-Files and Aliens and Predator and, and so on. But yeah, that's, so far, that's kind of been my thing. Yeah, I would like to do at least one novel in Predator. If I ever get the chance, I will. I was trying real hard to get to do the novelization for Prey, but they didn't do one. That's too bad. But that's actually everything from Aaron and I. But before we sign off, we've got some questions from the Alien vs. Predator Galaxy fandom for you. Uh, Mr. Turok asks, seeing how you've done both stories on Dutch and Harrigan, have they ever met at some point in their life to discuss their Predator encounters? It's hard for them to see Dutch ignore a fellow survivor. So in your headcanon, have they met? My vision was, and this is something I still hope to do, so I I don't want to give away too much, but my idea was, a Magnificent Seven-type team assembled by Dutch and Harrigan that brought back Adrian's character from uh, Predators and some of the survivors, even the guy from The Predator. And they all were guys, and a couple people from the comic books as well, like that, what is it, Kyoto? I don't remember her name. The Japanese girl that was, was really popular in the comics. All of them together in a team that they're like the super team that's like hunting hunting for infestations of predators or dealing with the predators. That was my idea. So they would meet and they would end up working together. That was my idea. I would still love to see it. One of the things I made my goal in doing all of this was trying to fill in some gaps in world building. You guys know that. Whenever I saw an opportunity to answer questions where things were controversial and find a smooth way to straighten that out or find a smooth way to fix gaps. I tried to do that in these books. And I think we were able to do it in some cases and not always in others. But that was one of the goals. Because I mean, for the most part, the movies were kind of done fly by night and there wasn't any continuity, not to the degree like there was with Star Wars or, or Star Trek. Okay. Nobody was really kind of managing that for whatever reason. And so there's a lot of things that aren't consistent. And I, I know fans really want to tie some of those gaps up. So I've always tried to do that. So yeah, that's my vision for how they would have met. But I don't know at this point what they're going to end up doing. But I, I still think that would be really cool is to have those guys come back and lead a team of people that hunt aliens and predators. And the beautiful part about it is, in prose at least, they don't they never age. They don't have to age that much. You can kind of set them in whatever timeline you want. So part of my intent with the Harrigan story and the Harrigan novel was to set all of that up and then have a Dutch novel and then do a Magnificent Seven 
kind of predator novel where the team finally came together. And that was what I really wanted to do and uh, pitched in various ways, but none of this happened yet. And I don't know if Disney even likes the idea, but Titan really likes the Magnificent Seven idea. So we'll see. Dark Horse did their own sort of version of it with their characters. They did, yeah. Yeah, which was a very popular i mean at least the first two I, I think they dropped the ball on the last one but the the first two they did how many did they do i thought they did like five or six issues was it only three they did three series yeah because that's when they oh, lost the license yeah oh okay i guess i only saw the first series then i didn't see all the series yeah yeah uh, one and two were brilliant really enjoyed one and two three just it fell apart a little bit it was okay but yeah it wasn't to the same yeah but it, i mean it's a successful I mean, it's, it's Avengers, you know, it's Predator yeah. Avengers, and, and it worked. You know what? The sad part about it for me was that I'd come up with this idea before that, that ever came out. I'm sure they were developing it simultaneously, because I, as far as I know, they've never heard my pitches. But I was kind of a little bummed when that happened, because I was like, oh, maybe they won't let me do this. But anyway, <laughs> mm. I just know the fans would love to see Dutch come back and do more some of these guys and and it would have been fun to do it and mm. i still hope that if i ever do a novel and i use harrigan or a schaefer or one of those guys that we can get the actor to do the, the audiobook because yeah, that would be cool. really really cool yeah i'm gonna butcher the name here so apologies odudo asked this question about alien but i wanted to spin it off more to avp and predators that's more relevant to what we're talking about but is there a short in any of your anthologies that you would love to see or think would work well as a movie you talking about a short that I wrote, or are you talking about? Is he talking about any of the shorts? Any, any of the shorts. Well, obviously, Coyote Die by Mayberry and uh, and Lewis Ozawa would have been a, would have been a great movie, as you said. Singular tied into Phalanx, so his everybody loves that one. There were probably several. There are several books that I I really enjoyed that were the old novelizations that I think could have been interesting. Basically, so yeah, there's several things I think would have been fun to do, but naming a specific one is hard at this point. Other than Coyote Die, I know Coyote Die would have been great. Trying to think of one from Eyes of the Demon that I would have liked to have seen. Aftermath would make a great like one hour thing or something, but I don't think it could sustain a whole movie. But no, I don't know. I don't know. But if people want something like First Hunt, where it was a predator point of view, that's probably what you something like that could be developed into a movie. Not that because it's my story, but that kind of idea I think could be if they want a more of a predator point of view. I think you got some of that somewhat with Prey. The predator wasn't really the main point of view, but because it was in Comanche language, we got that sense of more of an, a foreign kind of a point of view thing that was, I think, really cool uh. and more in that direction. But anyway, sorry, it's been so long since I did these books. We've been talking about doing this podcast for a while, but everything's not fresh in my mind anymore, unfortunately. So I've only done like six, seven books since then and three novels. So <laughs> you, you mean you didn't do what Adam and I did in prep and reread? Come on, no. Brian. Come on. I should have, but I'm in the midst of, of immigrating my family over here, and I've been dealing with taxes all week and a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, I didn't. I should have done that. I'm sorry. I'm just hearing excuses. That brings a question to my mind. When one of your books that you've worked on comes out, like at that point, are you like, this is out? I need to just sit down and read it? Or have you dealt with it so much by that point, you're just like, I'm just glad it's over with? Well, I reread If It Bleeds when we did the two new anthologies because I wanted to get back into it. And obviously, I reread the original draft of Aftermath because I wanted to see if it would work. But sometimes I go back to them, sometimes I don't. If I'm writing a sequel novel, usually I've written them close enough together. But like lately, I'm getting ready to do one for one. I'll be rereading the series. Interestingly, that series has been made, being made into an audiobook right now. So I'm actually listening in pieces to a chapter at a time, which is really great. So I'm getting that. And I definitely need to go back and read the second and third novel before I go on. I've got the fourth to do. So, I mean, it depends how fresh it is in your mind. I can reread and enjoy my work, yes. And I do that sometimes. But 
I don't often have time to do it. And sometimes I'm so close to it. Like rereading If It Bleeds is easier now than rereading Eyes of the Demon because Eyes of the Demon is still so fresh in my head. It hasn't been that long. No, that's fair. That makes sense. You have to understand, you guys know, because you were behind the scenes, how immersed you get in these stories when you're editing them, how many passes you do and how many times you go through them and all that. It really just all blends into your head. And that's part of why, you know, you hope for a certain reaction. And it's great when you get that from the readers. But when you don't, you know that part of it is because you didn't have the objectivity anymore because you'd seen it so many times. So it takes a few years for all of that to go away enough to really be able to enjoy as a reader instead of reliving all the editing. That's fair. So are you working on anything non-alien or predator related that you want to tell our audience about? My latest novel I'm really proud of, and this one's being developed as a movie, and it's Shortcut. And this is basically The Martian meets Goodwill Hunting meets The X-Files. It's about a mathematician. It's a thriller. It's set in the near future. It's It involves, you know, NASA-type space travel. It involves a government conspiracy. It involves... Uh, possible alien abduction. It's about a mathematician who has a formula called shortcut that speeds up space travel, making it possible to travel in minutes or hours or days to Mars and around the solar system instead of taking years. And it's basically, a, it's not like anything you've seen before. It's like, it works with quantum entanglement. And you basically take one piece of space and replace it with the ship. So if you find it, you can hop through space by basically you find an empty block of space equal to the, you know, the molecules and and, and all the, the, the volume of the ship mm-hmm. and all its contents, and you just swap. And it involves, there's a special kind of laser, uh, polariton lasers that are real science. Anyway, we did a lot of real science. I had real scientists work with me on this. So it's hard sci-fi, but accessible. There's real math. There's real stuff in there. So it's like The Martian in that way. But anyway, that book I'm real proud of. That one's out. The audiobook for that comes out right after we record, like next week. This won't be air until November, but you can check out the audiobook it got made. And I'm real proud of that book. I've got a, a, a really cool series. The John Simon series is a, a near future detective series with a cop forced to work with an android. He's a technophobic cop. And it's kind of a buddy cop thing, like Legal Weapon. For fans, you know, neither one of these things have necessarily monsters. And so I know a lot of you guys are fans of monsters who are Predator and Alien fans. So if you're looking for something with more of that, we've got the Joe Ledger Unbreakable Anthology coming out in November, right about the time this podcast comes out. November 10th is when it comes out. And that Joe Ledger universe by Jonathan Mayberry is basically Monster Hunters. It's basically about a secret government group that fights zombies and vampires and all kinds of different monsters. So you can read really cool stories in that, including that Wayne Brady story, dealing with that. There's an earlier version of that called Joe Ledger Unstoppable that we did. And Jonathan's got like a whole series, like eight or nine books now in that. So if you guys enjoy that, you should definitely check that out. You should check out Larry Korea's Monster Hunter series as well. Larry wrote a story for If It Bleeds, and it was a samurai story, if I recall. And Larry, uh, Larry does a really good job. So those are some things you guys might enjoy as far as my work. I hope you'll check out my work too, but that's um, some stuff I would definitely recommend that's outside of that for you guys. And that's it. We're completely tapped out. Is there anything you'd like to say? Any thoughts or anecdotes that we just haven't given you the opportunity to with any of our questions so far? Well, all I can say is to the fans, keep in mind that those of us who connect with you, Peter Briggs, people like myself, Jonathan, Scott Sigler, we really want to do a good job by it. So even though it's not perfect, 
we're doing the best we can. There's a lot of people telling you what you can and can't do. And a lot of people saying you have to change this and you have to change that. That's the hard part about working on a piece like this. But please keep in mind, you know, some people, you know, say, oh, you did a crappy job. Well, that hurts my feelings, dude, because I really tried to do a good job for you. Keep in mind that it's, it's not as easy a process as you think it is to get involved and do. So when you give that feedback, you know, keep in mind, some people see that I could take criticism. It's not that I can't take criticism because I can, but I think, you know, when you do give your criticism, try to give it with the right spirit. That's all, the only thing I'm saying. Please believe me when I say our best intentions were behind this. I guess is what I'm saying. And that we've always tried to, to do right by it. So when we let you down, we feel it. We feel it. So hopefully most of the time we don't. It's been a real privilege to do these books. I really did try to deliver the things people wanted, especially with Eyes of the Demon and AVP. We, we, we really, you know, Aaron and, and Adam know I spent a lot of time in the forums talking to you guys, listening to what you were saying, just exploring around, seeing what people said they wanted to see. And we tried to deliver that the best we could. It may not be perfect and not everybody's satisfied. However, the effort was made. So I hope that ultimately you'll keep supporting what we do and we can do more. If viewers or listeners would like to find out more about you, where can they follow you on, on social media? If you'd like to shout that out and see more of your work. Well, yeah, you can find the Brian Thomas S on TikTok. You can find Brian Thomas Schmidt on Instagram. And pretty much I'm Brian Thomas S. Brian Thomas fully spelled out with an S from extra S for my last name on X, which used to be Twitter and on Facebook. So I'm around. I'm also on MeWe, but I don't remember what my name is on there. And I'm on Blue Sky and all that. So anyway, you can find me all around the social media. The best place to go and find out about me is either my Wikipedia page or you can go to BrianThomasSchmidt.net and check me out at Brian with a Y. And that's where I keep pages on all my um, links. Like I'll link to this interview and I'll probably embed the video and, and all of that stuff. You can find all that stuff and occasional blog posts and all that kind of stuff where I'm doing appearances. I do have book plates. I do have bookmarks. If people want to get a signed copy, literally all you have to do is let me know and I will pop one in the mail for you. So I'm more than happy to do that. I would love for people to come out to events. I'll be at World Fantasy coming up here in a couple of weeks in Kansas City. So I guess by the time this airs, that's that's late news. But anyway, in November 10th, you can come see Jonathan and I in Vegas. If you're in Vegas, we're going to be doing a, a signing on November 10th, the Friday, and we'll be launching that Ledger book, but we'll also be signing AVP and Alien and Predator and a whole bunch of stuff. So And my art novel. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Brian. And um, very much appreciate it. My pleasure. Yep. Thanks okay, for my coming. Pleasure. Well, that was our interview with Brian Thomas Schmidt. Hope you enjoyed listening. We certainly enjoyed talking to Brian again on the podcast. And if you'd like to check out our main hub of activity, you can head on over to our website, avpgalaxy.net, where we have all sorts of good stuff like interviews, reviews, editorials, and news coverage of all the latest happenings in the franchise. And if you'd like to support what we do at AVP Galaxy, please check out patreon.com forward slash avpgalaxy. We'd like to thank all our current Patreon supporters. Seriously, the help you guys give us really enables us to do our best work and devote more time into bringing you content that we can be proud of and just supporting everything we do at AVP Galaxy in terms of the artwork we commission, as well as setting things up to give you the best coverage of things that are happening. So for real, everyone, thank you so much. It really exceeded our expectations right off the bat. So to all our Patreon supporters, we very much appreciate it. And we've already made great use of the support we've got, you know. Like Adam said, I was expecting like 
me and Adam and maybe two people to be supporting us and we'd be making 30 quid, uh, which was nowhere near my goal, to be honest. Because, they, I mean, the idea is be straight up with everybody. I want to pay somebody else to do the boring stuff. I want to pay other people to do the first edits of these podcasts. So it gives me more time to work on prep. It gives me more time to work on the other editorial pieces. You know, right now I've sent two off. I've sent two off for first passes from what we've got. And it's allowed me to get through a good chunk of an upcoming piece of alien law. You know, well, I suppose it's not a law piece, this one I'm working on now. It's more of an alternate script thing. Ooh. You all know how much I love those kind of things. So, yeah, it allows us to do the fun stuff and get more, more stuff. That's the important thing. The less time I have to spend editing, the more time I could spend working on other things. So thank you. Seriously, we do appreciate it. And, you know, the more that we do get support, the more podcasts we can put out because we can send them to more editors. I'm loving it. I appreciate it. And thank you, everybody. Indeed. If you prefer to hang out on the social media channels, you can also find us there. We're active on all the major ones such as Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads. We also have a Steam group and a Discord group. If you'd like to follow me personally, it's just at Ridgetop21 on both X and Instagram. And I'm at underscore Corporal Hicks on Twitter. Sorry, X. I refuse. I refuse. No, I don't, I don't even think It is about ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. Mm. Right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you again to Brian for joining us to uh, have a little nerd out about some of the Alien versus Predator and Predator anthologies. This has been Corporal Hicks. And Rich Get into the chopper. Mm-hmm.